The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to or welcome back to the Texted to Me podcast. The podcast you can't forget. I'm Peyton. And I'm Autumn. And today we are going to be talking about my experience, I guess, or kind of like my story of um, growing up biracial. So I kind of want to preface this with maybe just like a little bit of a warning. Um there may be a, a little bit of like talk of, of bullying or um, just just things like that. Uh, so if that's not something that you're comfortable with listening to at this time or you have people around you that maybe you don't want to, you know, hear those things, then maybe just take a break on this one. But yeah, I just wanted to do a quick little uh, warning before we got started. So yeah, take it away. Quote of the day. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So today's quote of the day is, it's not the load that weighs you down, it's the way you carry it. Wow. Isn't that deep? Yes. Like in the best way. That is a good one. She, as soon as it pulled up, she was like, okay, yeah, great quote. You're right. That was a good one. I didn't know what it was until just now. I thought I'd surprise you too. Thank you. It was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um... Obviously, this is this is about my experience, so I'm gonna kind of just go into it all, I guess. Um, and we're just gonna have like a a bit of like a fluid conversation about it, and just kind of um, experience as I had growing up, and how I felt, how I feel now, um, and things like that. So, are you ready? As I will ever be. Okay, let's actually. Do this. I don't know if I'm as ready as I'll ever be. But I <laughs> are am. You nervous? Not nervous. I just think that this is such a important topic that has so much weight. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how it unfolds. Yeah, I agree. So um, I want to also jump in by, I guess, just explaining who I am or or what I am. (laughs) So um, I am biracial, black and white. My mom is white and my dad is also biracial so my dad is half black half white which makes me a quarter black and three quarters white I feel like that was always like a topic of discussion growing up like oh is autumn half black like what that is still a topic of discussion because I thought you were half black it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to preface it with that. So we'll start there. Um, and then both sides, both sides of my family have Indian blood. So, but just for the sake of just keeping it like <laughs> as simple as possible, yeah. we'll go with uh, one fourth black, three fourths white. So that is my racial Identity. profile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what I am. Um, and yeah, so growing up, it was always like a that was always a question and like what are you like what what race are you kind of thing and so I think because you could tell especially when I was younger so I've said this on the podcast multiple times but I'm like I feel like I'm mostly ghostly these days so I'm pretty light compared to like the complexion of my skin growing up because I played sports I was always outside so it was a right. lot darker and so I think that there was no question that I was biracial in some way But people just didn't know. And because of my hair, my hair was, like, a lot curlier back then especially. Um, And so, like, okay, is she, like, um, black and Hispanic, Uh, you know, black and white? Like, what's what's going on, girl? Which (laughs) now I think as we've gotten older and just as times have changed, I think it's really crazy that that's how people approach conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, it's incredibly rude to say, like, (laughs) what are you? And to approach a conversation with someone that you're maybe not familiar with and think that you are, you deserve that information or yeah. like the, that specifically is the most important thing. Why is that relevant to yeah. you at all? I know. And it was majority, like, I mean, adults did this too, truly. They they usually waited till they knew me like a little bit better or were in like but a is that closer. Is it? Like, what are you? Yeah. What race are you? Oh. 
Yeah, what race are you? But kids mainly said, like, what are you? Are you, like, mixed? Like, what's going yeah. on? And so, um, yeah, no. So kids always said what's it like that. On? Yeah, like, what's going on there? <laughs> like hey, girl, what's going on with They're you? privileged to that information. <laughs> yeah. So kids always kind of said it like that, like, just up front. Like, if they just were curious, wanted to know. But people like adults usually waited till they were um like a little closer like either a closer friend of my mom or like in the family somehow or like family of my stepdad or stuff like that so but it was I mean yeah I mean it was pretty always a pretty heavy topic I think that and then my height also because I'm I'm very tall I've always been very tall I think I was like five nine in sixth grade five nine five ten already and so I was always pretty tall did you play basketball so like those are the things that those were like my two biggest. What like, are random. you? And do you play basketball? Right, 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 right. So, so yeah. So that's my background, my my racial profile, um, whatever. So, uh, basically, kind of what led me to wanting to talk about this. We have we have a lot of things on our list to talk about, but we want to make sure that we give everything its proper research, dedication, time, effort, energy, all of that. So. Um, This is something that I've wanted to discuss just because I've never really openly talked about my experiences growing up. Um, And I don't know if it's just because I felt like um, I didn't deserve to. Yeah. Um, Because people, I think, um, were treated worse than I was. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt that, like, I didn't deserve to talk about it because it wasn't as bad. Right. Right. It didn't meet the criteria of bad enough. Right. Right. And then, like, um, I never want to approach it in a way where it's like, oh, my my life was so horrible. My life is so horrible when, um, like, I do feel like people had a harder time than I did. So I think that that's why I've never really, like, openly spoken about it on any level, like, any platform, whether it be, like, just with friends or, I mean, at all. Mm -hmm. I, I really haven't at all. This is going to be the first time. So. So, but at least you have it recorded in one place. Yeah. So that way you don't have to have the conversation numerous times. Right. That's one pro, I guess. That's true. That's true. So I have, but I have wanted to talk about it. Um, and I do feel like just uh, given the time, like it's important to hear a lot of stories, I feel like. And there are people that are going to be able to relate to this. And even if they don't, like maybe they'll, um, they'll recognize some of the things that have happened like throughout my story. And um, I think it'll just, be informative regardless. Just see what it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did have have a an experience recently I guess that I'm gonna go I'm not gonna go into detail about but um where I did kind of explain to someone and express to them like how their actions made me feel Mm -hmm. um and it was regarding like things that I felt were um um not racially appropriate I guess is the best way to put it I I don't know exactly how to say it um or, or phrase it I don't yeah I don't know um and so I I think that this is just the time I'm just ready. So this is what we're going to do. I'm here, here for it. Here we are. Okay. Um Okay, so I have I have some notes written down just like brief little bullet points of things to talk about. You came prepared. Um ish, but I feel like I'm going to be kind of all over the place. Uh so Obviously, well, this I guess this isn't obvious. So I was the only like biracial person in my family mm-hmm. until my sister was born. Even though we're only two and a half years apart, my sister is um, white and Hispanic, uh, and she is white with freckles. Yeah. So I guess I was the most outward-looking biracial yes. person in my family. So um, it was all I felt pretty normal um, because nobody made me feel any different because why you shouldn't but um I felt pretty normal but obviously like it was clear to tell that like I was the tan person in the group Mm -hmm. and um that was fine um and I I really was fine with it I didn't feel anything from my family um but there were other things that didn't have to do with me but were about race that did happen within my family so that kind of made me a little bit like what like you're obsessed with me you love me but you're not as open to people in your family dating people of color like when I was younger so um there was just stuff like that but again I didn't really think 
I guess, too deep into it because I knew how much my family loved me. Yeah. So I just kind of, like, left it at that. But as I got older, um, I think it started in, like, sixth grade, maybe when I became, like, more aware and I was, like, growing sixth and seventh grade, um, where I started to realize or feel like maybe people did see me a little differently and not within my family so much as just, like, at school. Mm-hmm. Which was really weird. So I specifically remember <laughs> there was an instance we were at church camp. I'm sure you were there, but we weren't friends like that. <laughs> but oh there God. was uh, an instance where, like, the girls that I was with, so I was in a friend group. I feel like that was predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And um, I was the only bi- biracial person. I guess I was the only black person in the group. Um and so, yeah, and I was obviously, like, the tallest and, like, the lankiest running around being, like, 17 feet tall at 12 or whatever. Right. And so um, there was an instance where they, the girls were talking about, like, these boys at church camp because what is even church camp about besides, like, trying to hook up with people or, like, date, people. date people or, like, be in love with this boy for three days oh that gosh. does not live anywhere fucking near you? Like, I don't understand. It's not about Jesus, that's for sure. Well, it wasn't that church camp. That church camp was off the rails. We have we really need to remember the stories about that church camp. It's the church camp where we got taped into the hotel. Oh, in San Angelo? Yes, girl. Yeah. Yes, girl. So, it was that church camp. Okay. Okay. So, the group of girls that I was with, like, I was always a little more awkward growing up. Um, I don't know if I projected that really, but I wasn't an outgoing person until I was, like, 16. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, like, open to just talk to whoever until I was much older. And that just came with confidence because I was a very insecure person. I was a very insecure kid because I was so tall. And I was a girl. And I didn't, like... Boys didn't really show interest in me, I didn't feel like. So, I just, like, felt like it was just weird. And so, I was weird and awkward. And I don't know if I, like, really showed that I was. But inside, your girl was, like, weird. And I was just, like, I felt uncomfortable all the time. I felt like all eyes were on me. It was just, like, a really weird time in my life, I guess. And so, all the girls that I was with were talking about these boys and, like, how cute they were. Like, whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's super cute. It's, like, this white boy with, like, curly blonde hair and, like, blue eyes or something. Which, oh, like, so like, basic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he was, like, <laughs> canceled. Yeah. And he was, like, he was, like, five, six or some shit. And so um, they were, like, oh, my God, he's so cute. Like, whatever, whatever. We'll call him Johnny. Johnny's so cute. Like, whatever, whatever. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, he is super cute. And one of the girls looked at me and was, like, Okay, Autumn, like, come on. I was like, what? Like, I was just like, oh, okay, like, whatever. And I shrugged it off, but I know who this person is. I still know who this person is to this day. And it really stuck with me because I know exactly what she meant. What did she mean? She meant, like, you would have no chance. So why are you even saying that? But why would you have no chance? Because you're tall? I don't know. that. I know. These are things that, like, when I started thinking about them, I was like, okay, is it because I'm biracial? Is it because I'm so tall? Like, yeah. what is it? Right? So, um, that was a turning point, and it was so small, mm-hmm. but it felt so big to me. Yeah. Because I instantly, like, it made me sad, and then it made me, like, it made it very clear to me that I was, like, not allowed to say those things in that group and I do feel like I I mean I'm not saying that this person is a racist person but I do feel like it stemmed from both things both me looking a certain way but also because I was biracial because I don't know if you well I know you wouldn't have experienced this personally but I like it was still a thing when we were in middle school that like I was pretty for a mixed girl. Yeah. Which is, like, very... Like, somebody worded it that way? Yeah, 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 yeah. Multiple times. A lot of times. So, I knew that, like, for the most part, that if I liked boys... Well, I was nervous. Like, if I liked boys that were white, like, I just couldn't date them. Like, I could only be their friends because, like, I'm biracial, so I can't, like, actually date them. And they're not going to date me, even if they like me. Because... I'm biracial. Hmm. 
what the fuck is going on? Because we were living in, like, 2008. Right. So I thought that it was, like, a more progressive time. <laughs> but looking back, like, those, that was my thought, like, every day. Yeah. With certain people. And so, yeah, definitely, um, definitely got called, like, pretty for, like, a mixed girl. Especially for a mixed girl is, like, the comment. Yeah, she's pretty, like, especially for a mixed girl. As a mixed girl cannot be as pretty. Yeah, that phrase is really throwing me off. Yeah, girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I think it's, like, hard to listen to stories like this. Mm-hmm. Just be, I mean, for multiple reasons, obviously. But also because as a white person. You've never thought that way. I cannot ever imagine myself, like, verbally saying or doing things that have been done. And it's not because I'm some great and perfect person. That's that's definitely not what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I guess just the way that I was raised. And I was raised around people of color my whole life. And so... It, they're people that's where it ends mm-hmm. you know like you're you're not you're different because of your skin color but that's because your skin color is different mm-hmm. like for the longest time you know things were I don't see color that that's how people would Which, vouch for their non-racism yeah. but to me that's equally as hurtful because yeah. I do see your color right and that means something right so yes you're different from me because of your skin color but that doesn't make you any more or any less. And so, again, I think because I grew up around many people of different, you know, races and genders and things like that, that I was just, I don't know. And, again, I don't mean that to sound like I don't make mistakes or I'm perfect because there's still so much for me to learn. But I just cannot imagine approaching somebody who looks different than me and saying things like, mm-hmm. oh, well, for this type of person, you look this way. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, as if that's... Well, that was a big thing at our school, too. They should be held to. Which is weird because it, <clears throat> I guess, some of the stuff that I wrote down, like saying it out loud like that, it does make it sound like it wasn't real. Like that can't be real, right? That didn't happen. But it most certainly did. Yeah. Um, but it's just so strange. But that was a big thing at our school. Like that, like they were pretty for a black girl or they were pretty or they're pretty, in my case, like pretty, especially like. Which again, I just girl. don't understand. Like, do you do you say that? Oh, well, she's pretty for, for a, a white, white girl? girl. No, no. So I don't understand. Like, why is the rest of that sentence even a thing? Right. Yeah. But also, you know, I, I had a different experience because I went to a different school than you. You did. Yeah. And we went. To, I went you to went a to much a more like school. smaller school. Yeah. So I wasn't around a lot of people with different backgrounds, which sucks. Um, it has its pros in, in the sense of, you know, like a smaller school and et cetera. But I definitely missed out on a lot of opportunities with being around people who are different mm-hmm. than me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's – when I think of, like, my friend group, obviously, which is very small, like, I can't imagine people saying that. But, again, it's because one of my closest friends is biracial and my best friend's husband is black. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's just not, like – like, if I were describing Martin, Shelby's husband, to somebody who had never met him, I would never say, oh, her husband is black and he's a coach and he does this. Like, that doesn't seem like a prerequisite to, right. like, to knowing people. about him. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I just. Well, because don't... if he was white, you would never say, yeah, he's white. Right. He coaches soccer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it's eye-opening I guess to think that even back in like fifth sixth seventh grade that people would have like the nerve unfortunately to say like oh well for this type of person you're pretty right so I think that that brings me to my definition that I wanted to ensure that I looked up because I think it's a term that's being used a lot more um liberally and just because it's true and I don't think that we knew that this existed previous to this or at least I wasn't familiar with the term until of more until more recently but Mm -hmm. it's the term microaggression which um I'm reading off the definition which is a statement action or incident regarding regarded as an instance of indirect uh, subtle or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group such as a racial or ethnic minority Mm -hmm. so i think that's a great example of that because i think that there are just so many microaggressions that are built into society unfortunately that we need to recognize that even us as like people that you know are are reading up on things and trying to be involved in all of these things like you need to recognize that these microaggressions exist in society and we have to 
to recognize those and maybe even our own faults to correct them. And I think that terms like, or saying things like that, which it was a thing at our school. This is in my middle school. So this is in seventh and eighth grade that I'm thinking about specifically. Those were things that were said. Well, and it's equally important to be able to reflect on your own biases because sure, all day long, we're going to sit here and tell you we're not racist, we're not racist, we're not Mm -hmm. racist because that's who we believe we are as people. Mm -hmm. But again, because of how society has raised us and the expectations that we've had our whole life, you're never going to say it to the people that you care about. But sometimes, I mean, a specific instance happens and the first thing you think is like, oh, well, is this person belong to this racial category or yeah. this and it is it's because of society yeah it and, is and but the thing is is us as white people have to be like honest about that yes and that's why I say it's like so important for me to continue learning and continue to stay informed because things are always changing and right. evolving and stuff and sure I like to think that I'm a great person who's not racist that's obviously I'm not going to walk up to somebody and like hey I'm a racist because that has a negative connotation as it should but it's also being able to like reflect upon okay, well, the way that I was raised, the people that my family, for example, like they always spoke about this type of person in this type of way and they were wrong for that. Mm-hmm. But it was, that was their era. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have so much respect for our, our grandparents or our great grandparents in many ways, but then they use language that is not acceptable today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, that really takes you down a notch. Like, yeah. I love you so much, but I hate that you use that, you know, vernacular. But then it's like, that was their time period when it was okay. That doesn't mean it, it's okay. It's not an excuse. But it's just you have to be able, I think, to reflect on this is how they grew up and this was their expectation. And now we as a collective need to advocate and change those things. Right. Moving forward. Which I think is why people need to understand why things are changing just on us little side tangent um such as i'm just going to quickly bring up dr seuss and the dr seuss situation Mm -hmm. um and it's important it's really important to educate yourself about those things if you're going to uh form an opinion um because especially on social media because like i was I've said this a million times, social media is not real life, but the things you say on social media can have real life consequences. And if you're going to choose to make a statement about something, you really do need to be informed and you need to take a look and a step back because maybe you did read that book and you didn't even realize anything about it. But those things have depictions that are racist right? and make people of a certain group feel a certain way and you need to take that into account. And it's not that you're a horrible person for reading those books and loving those books or loving Dr. Seuss, but you need to recognize what's happening and what people are trying to do to push society forward in the right way so that everyone feels valued and important. Yeah. Like they fucking matter, which is the whole point. Well, and I think it's really frustrating when people, typically the older generation is like, well somebody's always going to find something to complain about and etc but it's like that's not what it is Mm -hmm. it's that we're trying to take a step back and see the bigger picture and for me what it boils down to regardless of race sexuality etc if I am doing or saying something that is hurtful to you in any way then I need to do my research and take a look in the mirror and change what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because the goal it my goal let me take ownership for that I cannot speak for the entire population but my goal is to always be a person that is nice and caring and kind and like sure we make mistakes again I I don't mean to sound like I'm Mother Teresa by any means but I always want to strive to make people feel included and accepted and I don't want to feed the narrative that like this type of book or this type of behavior is acceptable you know and so I think I don't know it's refreshing that I think we're in a time that is so passionate about this because it's fucking millions of years too late whatever Mm -hmm. that's dramatic but you know what I mean and so I don't know I think that moving forward we just need to put more emphasis on being informed and caring to be informed like like you said do your research and also too like if you approach conversations in the right way ask your friends or family members like what pronoun do you prefer or how do you identify and, Mm -hmm. and things like that to be more inclusive and then do your work to be better right of course it's not gonna happen overnight and like I said things always change and evolve But it's our job as humans to, like, keep up with the evolution. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Beautifully said. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Yeah. So I just, we had to 
go off on that little tangent real quick. But yeah, so I think that microaggressions are, it's very important, I think, especially in this day and age to understand that term and to realize that things that you may not have thought twice about, that that could be rooted in racism or rooted in microaggressions. Like, just, you got to take a look at that, right? So this, that was a great example of that was the comments that were made about us in middle school. Um, So... In middle school, that was happening, right? And obviously, like, I, I wasn't a super secure person. I was, you know, kind of embarrassed again because I was so tall and I just wasn't sure, like, what my role was in the grand scheme, I guess. I don't really know. But also, this, I think, was a time where I was feeling really conflicted and confused because... Um, this wasn't just at school, but, uh, I didn't know, like, I felt like I wasn't white enough to date white boys Mm -hmm. and to be, to talk the same way that my white friends did about boys, because I'm telling you that comment really like fucked me up. Um, I couldn't do that, but also I didn't feel black enough to fit into that group either. Yeah. Because I just feel like there is, um, there is a, uh, or there was, like, there were those comments where it's like, um, like the light skin privilege, Mm -hmm. you know, where I had lighter skin than my black friends because I was biracial. So I had certain privileges that came with that. Your life wasn't hard enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just didn't really know like what to do, where to fit in, like what was going to happen. And I did have friends. Like I wasn't, I I wasn't just, this didn't cripple me to the point where I just like didn't speak to anyone or whatever. But these are things that I'm saying for the first time. So this is the first time I'm saying that out loud to anyone other than myself. I think besides maybe one person and that happened maybe 2020. So these are not things that I spoke about. I just kind of lived my life trying to figure it out and living in a time again, this is 2007, 2008, just living in a time where I'm like, okay, I mean, like it is what it is. Right. I don't know. Um, and so it, it was really hard. It was very confusing for me and I didn't realize, I think what was, um, like happening, like how it was affecting me, mm-hmm. um, and affecting my self-worth until maybe like I got much older, I think. Um, but yeah, there were also a lot of comments about my hair, which was always like a topic of discussion because my roots are curly. So my hair doesn't lay flat. It didn't lay flat then. So, um, like there was this one particular boy that would like always talk about my roots how they look like pubes, which is super fun when you're 13. Like, oh my god, Who yeah, said that, yeah, he, yeah, he, he low key trash. So there was that, um, and then like my hair was, I ha- had really tight curls, so my hair like, I wanted it to lay flatter, but it more did like a fro. Yeah. effect when I wore it down so I didn't really wear it down because it was uncomfortable because I didn't I didn't like the way it looked and it was just like I just didn't know what the fuck was going on like I don't know well you know like seventh and eighth grade you're already struggling you're mm-hmm. becoming a teenager and your hormones and you're already unsure of yourself and trying to find your friend group and you know prove that you're smart but you can't be a nerd but you don't want to have too many friends because you know like there, there's mm-hmm. so many things like pressures that are put on you at that age so to throw in something that you literally didn't choose mm-hmm. that's tough yeah you know because not that you could change it you know but like you didn't choose this life just like I didn't choose to be white but then here we are right and it sucks that like you have this extra layer of insecurities or things to worry about because of that yeah as opposed to people like me who don't right you know yeah yeah it was uh it was really something so I uh I feel really there are a lot of things that have that happened and there's like other comments too that were made and I just feel really embarrassed now being the person that I am and feeling so um I'll get to like how I feel now but feeling the way I do now I feel really embarrassed that one like we lived 
where I lived in an environment that I felt like I had to let people get away with saying stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, I even, like, laughed it off and, like, acted like it was funny, you know? As, like, a security, I think as, like, a coping mechanism, right? But... Well, yeah, and I mean, if you would have not been comfortable with it, it would have made things even more weird and awkward for you. For me. You know, and so it's like, here are all these factors that are already, like, making you uncomfortable in your skin. Yeah. So then to, like, be 13 and have to call out somebody like, listen here, you fucking racist. No, I'm yeah. Just um, but, yeah, just saying, like, hey, that comment's probably not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like, that responsibility shouldn't fall on you. Yeah. I mean, in all of this. Right, because I was know? 13. Right. But but it is tough because I do feel sad that I wasn't taught who who's going to teach me, I don't know, but that I didn't know or feel comfortable or like even realize that I should be standing up for myself. Right. Well, I think that because it was like 2007, 2008, the understanding was like, oh, we've come so far, like racism isn't a thing or it's not near as bad as mm-hmm. it used to be. Mhm. But that's not the truth. I mean, sure, we there have been some progress, but we'll never come far enough, right? Right. Until, like, everybody's treated equal, and God knows if that day will ever come, unfortunately. It, it's just, like, there's still so many things that need to be worked on, right? Yeah. And so I think reflecting back, like, at 13 years... Typically, most 13-year-olds aren't, like, sitting there looking at their friends, like, are you racist? Or, like, do you have racial, like, tendencies to, like, mm-hmm. think a certain way or whatever? doesn't blatantly have to mean they're racist but you know comments and things like that it again it's it's just not your responsibility right it's like a 13 year old to have to identify that and then yeah. also like find behaviors or comments to combat that you know what I mean yeah true that's true I just it is really weird that like nobody I don't know I just felt like we all we're in such a weird spot and because things weren't I, I feel like things were not as openly talked about as oh, as they sure. are now right and so I just feel like we were all in a position where we just like didn't or couldn't say anything well yeah that's because race has always been a taboo subject right so just right. like you know you don't tell your friends how much money you make at your job you're also not going to be like listen I'm a fourth black and this is how that makes me feel yeah you know like unfortunately that's not how a lot of people communicate But I think that's why it's so important that now the narrative is changing and so many black people are standing up for the fact that like, yes, I'm black and yes, I'm proud. And Mm -hmm. this is why you should be proud too. Like this shouldn't be an attribute that brings me down a notch, right? This should make me even like cooler because Mm -hmm. like I have so much to be proud of. Like my heritage, like there's so much history that's important behind that that I have to be proud of. And you need to recognize that, right? Yeah. And I don't really know what got me on that tangent, but I just think that, you know, back when we were in eighth grade, not only were we not mentally, I think, capable of having conversations like that, but because we live in a small town in Texas, like, nobody was fucking mentally capable of having those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so because they weren't being had, it was just reiterated that thought that this is a taboo conversation and like oh let's not talk about race or let's not stand up for the kids whenever they're making inappropriate comments because you know as a white teacher what do you say although yeah and and i don't even know excuse for that and i don't even know if teachers really hurt i i I can't speak for other people right? right because i'm sure everyone has a different experience but for me like i never um i don't think that teachers ever really heard those comments right right and i um and this is a also a weird thing, but, you know, when you're in – so I was, like, always in advanced placement classes, and in those grades, we also had advanced placement electives, so we didn't pick our own electives. They were assigned to us, and they rotated each semester, and it was, like, history, science, you know, math, and yeah. literature or whatever the fuck. And I just think that there was, like, this maybe misconception. I just don't think anybody was on the lookout for this period because everybody thinks that, like, oh, there's no racism here. Here it's everything's good everything's right great wonderful um I just don't think that anybody especially was like looking in the in those classes with oh my gosh these great super smart kids like you know whatever they're not calling her a mutt right like they're <laughs> like, they're too smart they would yeah never. they would never say mixed break Mm-mm, never no never but I can assure you that is exactly what I'm but yeah I just it, it is it does make me really sad though and um it yeah, so 
those were things that were like always topics. And I think it just made me like, I guess I just, I laughed them off, like whatever, like, haha, that's funny. Like you're calling me something people call dogs. That's funny. Like hilarious. Not funny though. Not funny. Not funny. Hurtful, hurtful, not funny. Um, but, uh, I still was like, okay with who I was. Like, this is the person that I am. Like, this is the skin I have. This is the race that I am. Like, it is what it is. And um, when I was in eighth grade, there was someone that asked me, a boy asked me. <laughs> I don't remember if there was, oh, no, the boy that asked me was biracial. So um, he was biracial, black and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And he asked me in class, um, if you had to be one of your races, white or black which would you be interesting okay so i remember this i know what class i know what i'll tell you off air um so (laughs) i um i sat there for a minute and uh i knew what i wanted to say but i told him and i'll i'll get to it and whatever and this is okay make me may make me emotional but um I told him either. Yeah. I said either. Make me, I could be white, I'm fine. I could be black, I'm fine. And he was like, that's a great answer. That's the right answer. That's awesome. Like, you go, girl. Basically, like, damn, like, you're the shit. Like, other people, I guess he was asking other biracial people. Yeah. And they were saying white because, like, yeah, it's easier. So that was, I was like either, right? And I was so cool for that. I was the coolest girl in school for that, right? In his eyes. And he was like, hell yeah, you know, like whatever. And I was just like, right. But at that point in time, like that was not truthful. Right. Which makes me so sad. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough. I think that, that you have to feel that one of those choices is obviously better, right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard that. That other people don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was sad for me for a long time. And obviously, like, it was sad enough for me to remember being 26 years old now. Um, and <clears throat> I would have been, like, 13. Um, because I felt so embarrassed that that's, like, how I felt inside. Right. But I, it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't because I don't – I wasn't okay with – being who I was, it was because people made me feel like I shouldn't be okay with being who I was, right? Well, yeah, and I think back to earlier when you were talking that you were already so confused and, like, didn't feel like there was a specific group that you belonged to, that by feeling like if I pick white, then at least I have, like, a group group that I feel wholly accepted (laughs) Right, yeah, and I can say what I want to say, and I can date who I want to date. Like, if I like him, I can... Like you can him. like him and not get eye rolled at. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was um like a big turning point because I felt like so sad that I felt that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that was eighth grade. So um, I just felt like outwardly I was like, yeah, like I'm super happy with the skin I'm in. Like I'm, I feel good. I know who I am. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm autumn fucking grounds. Like, here we are. Like, we're down here doing it. Like, I know, you know, I know what I'm going to do in high school. Like, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to do that. I'm that girl. Like, whatever. But that's, like, not how I felt. Right. Yeah. So, it was tough. Um, And I thought about that a lot. Um, And I thought about, like, how desperately I, like, wanted that to be true. Mm -hmm. That, like, I don't care. Right. But that's just not where I was right then, which, again, is very embarrassing for me to say because, like, how how could you say that? And not be somebody that is racist? <laughs> like, how could I say that and not be racist, right? No, I don't think that that comment makes you racist. I think it makes you educated. Right. right? Yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of... The challenges that we have as a society are facing right now, especially when it, you know, it comes to race, is because white people 
don't want to acknowledge the privilege Mm -hmm. or don't or don't take the time to understand what that term means because it's not materialistically god bless america right so that's my point is that privilege has such a negative connotation that we assume any time somebody uses it it's in a negative way and sure sometimes it can be but the thing is is that like i mentioned earlier i didn't choose to be white but i am And because of that whiteness, I have to look at the things that are afforded to me in life because of my skin color. Mm -hmm. And that's absolute bullshit that that's the way it is. But I would be ignorant to say it's not. Right. So I think we need to move forward in a way that encourages white people to reflect on the fact that, yes, our life is easier because of our skin tone. Did we choose that? Did I choose that? Absolutely not. But that is how it is. That's mm-hmm. how it is right now. But until I, as a white person, put forth the effort to change that, the, nothing's going to be done. Right. And so it, it's hard because, of course, it, it doesn't make me feel good to say, like, I'm privileged because I'm white. That hurts, too. But I know that it hurts my friends and family and neighbor of color for me to not say that. Yeah. Does that make to sense? To not acknowledge that it's ha- that it happens. Right. And so, Still happens. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, nothing's going to get better until we can at least acknowledge that and then advocate for things to change. But it's so hard, especially, like I said, with the older generation to be like, to acknowledge and to accept the fact that we have privilege and we are granted things that people of color are not based solely on our skin color. Of mm-hmm. course, that's like a shitty thing to say or to feel. Because and so it makes we, you feel shitty because you didn't choose that. You right. just have to. It, no, but nobody, I think people have to understand that. Me personally, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I'm not saying that you did that on purpose and that it's bad. Right. That that's It's not your fault. I don't think that that is you, Peyton, your fault. Right. It's not. So, <clears throat> Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's really disheartening to see the amount of people who won't acknowledge it solely because they don't want to say, like, my life's better, my life's easier because I'm white. Because as you mentioned, that's a disgusting thing to say. Mm -hmm. And we don't, I, like you said, let me take ownership. I'm not speaking for everybody. I don't want to feel that way. But unfortunately, I mean, the likelihood that I got a job over somebody who was black or Hispanic, etc., that's the world we live in, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. And again, until we as a society do what we have to do to change that, we're just perpetuating that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so great that we're, I hate the events that led to it, of course, but I do think that it is so important to keep the momentum going of mm-hmm. changing the way that society approaches situations yeah. with people of color. Right. I agree. Yeah, so, um, well, I felt really disgusting inside for thinking that, Um, and I kind of just carried that with me for a few years. Um, I did get more, like, confident as a person. I think that just came with age and, like, really Mm -hmm. figuring out, like, what my thing is like what's my thing like what do I do like what do I bring to this table yes yes I was gonna say the same word so like being funny and you know whatever and and being on drill team and like being a leader like those are like my things so I kind of got more confident and I also started to make um friendships aside from the groups I would I was originally in mm-hmm. um like the friend groups I was in and so I really found like my people more right. so and I didn't feel forced to like have those one to have those things like in my head from the past things that had happened and then kind of stuck with me that I didn't realize had stuck with me the way that they did but they they obviously did because like when I see those people like that's certain things that I think you know Mm -hmm. and so kind of like letting that go it really helped me I just didn't realize all that was happening inside my like little teenage brain and my little heart and like all I didn't know you know I just didn't know so then um uh I just, I was who I was. Like, if you knew me in high school, like, you know me, um, whatever. But um, then I started talking to Zach. So, like, fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this was, Zach was, like, the first person that I talked to, like, that I was, like, seriously going to date. Right. Like, we're really going to date. Yeah. We're, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to walk in the hallways and hold hands and, like, <laughs> stuff. Which also kind of did perpetuate, like, the way I felt about myself a little bit because I had talked to people in the past, but it always was, like, a little, 
like never like an openly like we're dating kind of thing or whatever. And right. I always kind of came back to in my brain, and this could have not been true, but based on things I had been told growing up, right. like that the reason was because of two things that I could not control. Like either I was biracial, I was mixed, or because I was too tall. So both things that I are beyond my control. Right. <laughs> and both things that made me insecure in the first place. So um, when I started talking to Zach and uh, I was like, okay, like this is fun or whatever, but one, my mom is strict as hell. So I don't know how Preach. we go. Yeah, I don't know how we go and date, <laughs> but okay. And also like, you're a Caucasian man, boy. Yes. <laughs> so, so how is that going to work? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And so, um, and uh, so when we started talking and like, I could tell if like we were like talking, talking, like whatever. Um, and then he asked me to come and hang out with him and I hung out with him at his house or whatever. And then he asked me to be his girlfriend via text message, <laughs> but whatever. And so that I was like, okay, sure. But obviously this isn't going to be a real, real relationship, even though I felt like it was like, it felt different. Yeah. And I felt like this was going to be a relationship. It's not because like, we're not going to like hang out really. I'm not going to like meet your whole family. I'm not going to go to your 4th of July barbecue. Like, right. That's not what we're going to do here. I just know that because that's like what it is. And so this is crazy because this is fucking 2011. So, yeah. Okay. So, I, um, I asked Zach to come to my sister's soccer game and I asked my mom, this was a big deal on multiple levels. Okay, guys. I asked my mom if he could come Mm -hmm. as a friend. I didn't tell her it was my boyfriend yet, but what the fuck? Like, how dumb? Like, truly, I pride myself on being an intelligent person. How could I be so stupid to be like, this is my friend. Like, we're just talking, you know? Maybe we'll date in the future. Like, I don't know. Who knows? And so, um, I asked if he wanted to come. We had been dating for a month then. And, um... I think around a month, and my mom was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what? Like, first of all, she's letting him. Second of all, he's going to come. And third of all, like, I'm in a real relationship. The fuck? And, like, he is going to, like, people are going to know that. Like, that's weird. Right. And so he came. Like, it was it was so weird. Like, it was so awkward. Like, whatever. He was, um, he was like, so nervous. And he was, like, sick. Like, it was a whole thing. Um, and it was just, but I was like, oh my gosh, like this is for real. So then he asked if I wanted to come over, but it was like his whole family was going to be there. It was like coming over like a normal, like go hang out with him at his house, his family's house. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, this is when they're going to find out that I'm mixed. Like we're not going to be able to date. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to continue our relationship. And I was so scared that as soon as they saw me, because I knew that he, the person I had grown, like, grown to know Zach as is the same as, like, you described. Like, when people are asking him about me. Yeah. She's, like, she's tall. She plays tennis. She's a calico, like, on the dance team, you know. Right. She's 16, like, whatever. But I know that he wasn't, like, she's met. She's biracial. <laughs> like, right. her stepdad's black. Like, what, she, what, why would... You know, because, again, why would you go into those details that are not relevant? But I knew that that's what it was. So I knew that his parents didn't know that I was mixed. So, like, I was so scared. Because as soon as they saw me, like, okay, they're going to think. Because I I did my makeup up, 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 up. Up, up, up. Okay? Because I'm, like, trying to look my best, best. So that they'll be, like, maybe they'll be, like, okay, she's mixed. But, like, it's okay because she's so pretty. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. Not so pretty for a mixed person. But. Just pretty. That's what I was thinking, though, too. Was I'm, like, well, okay, I'm doing my makeup up, up. But, like, they still may be, like, oh, she's pretty for being, like, yeah, racial. And, um. And so I was like, but if I just, like, do it up enough, like, they'll know that I'm biracial, but they'll be okay with it because I'm just, like, so pretty. So I did, like, the most with my makeup. I remember wearing purple eyeshadow. Ooh. It was it was nicely, um, like, blended, I believe, but it was still purple eyeshadow. But I was like, give them a pop, but, like, make it nice. I really overthought this to the extreme. And, um, and my mom said that she had to go in, too, to, like, be okay with me staying there. But my mom couldn't go. So my stepdad had to go. 
and my stepdad's a black man. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, no. Now, even if, like, they're like, oh, you're biracial. Like, okay, but, like, your stepdad's black. Like, we can't do this. It's too much for us. It's too much for us. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I was so fucking scared. I was so fucking scared. And then I went – and then I was waiting. Like, they were nice. Like, they were nice to my stepdad. They were nice to me. Whatever. I got to stay. I was like, okay, get the fuck out of here. Bye. Leave me here with my like, purple eyeshadow. Okay, bye. I got to go. Like, you know, my gloss is popping. Mm-hmm. I got to get out of here. And so it was like, whatever. And then I was just, like, waiting for Zach to text me when I got home. Like, yeah. hey, I don't think this is going to work out. Like, I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. And he didn't. And so I straight up asked him, like, okay, what does your mom say about me? What does she think about me? Like, what's going on? Like, right. what does she think? And he's like, oh, my gosh, she thinks you are so pretty. And I'm like, right, but. But. Right. I know that. Right. Like, because I did do the most of the purple shadow. I know it's pop-in. But, like, come on. You know, like, Tell what me does she. More. Yeah, like, what does she think about me? Like, you know, like, what about my hair? Like, what about, you know. Well, like, yeah, and that that is, the, like, the huge part of the story is, like, you didn't even say. Like, you dealing with all this you didn't want to say like what does she think of me being biracial? yeah yeah and that's where the problem is not that you're the problem and not right. that you made the mistake but talking but about that, race that yeah. is a great illustration of like what the problem is is that the person has to feel so ashamed that even they can't flat out ask like does she have a problem with me being biracial right you have to like talk about your attributes and <laughs> totally hope that he gets, he gets it. it yeah 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 and i don't remember if i ended up straight up coming out and asking him or like if I was still like, well, do they like me enough? Like, can we keep dating? Yeah. Kind of thing. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, do, do you, one, do you think I care what my parents say? Two, um, what? Like, where are you? What? Like, what? Yeah, why do you think this? Because and so, you're not saying it. Yeah. And so I really don't know that. I, I really feel like I didn't tell him, like, what I felt until, like, years year. later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, he's years and years later. <laughs> Yeah. And so whenever I, um, and I don't even know if like, I don't know how they felt. Like, I don't know if they thought anything of it. Like, I don't know. But, um, whenever that like weight, I felt like that weight was lifted off of me. I just felt like so happy. And it was like such a, a pivotal moment for me because I was like, oh my gosh, some people don't care. That was your acceptance that you were looking for. Uh huh. Yeah. And so being accepted to somebody who means so much, you were like, okay, well, I got my person, so fuck all the rest of y'all. <laughs> I know. I know. So, yeah, I, I just, it was very, a very pivotal moment for me. Yeah. Because I think that was, like, the first time that I realized, besides people that have known me for years and years, or, um, like, people that were my family, that, like, oh, there are other people like white people that don't care. Right. Especially because I feel like um that Not whole thing <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing where it's like um like oh you can be friends but like you don't want them to date someone of another race. Yeah. Which uh, ass backwards sense. ass yep. backwards. But move that's on. a whole that's a huge thing and that was a huge thing if in If you're my one own. of those people move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want you here. <laughs> the podcast for you. <laughs> um but that was like a huge thing in my in my family that we've dealt with and like not just like friend groups and not like just me personally like that's something that I've seen over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And seen like played out in a million ways and amongst my mom's friends like just in so many places that that was like my biggest because like okay like your mom likes me like that's cool but like yeah we're besties so like what the fuck does it matter right but apparently it mattered more if you were like dating that person so that was a big 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 that was like so scary to me I think and then like them that never deterring anything and Zach never giving a single solitary fuck right as as you should um because I am who I am as a person like my makeup is my like who I am is who I am like right my words are my words my brain is my brain my heart is my heart so uh, he just like never gave a fuck and I was just like oh shit Right. And it really Y'all did. Are out there. Yeah. We're like, like unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was a huge, huge moment for me. And I think it did, like, inadvertently or me, like, me not even realizing it, but reflecting now, like, it really did, like, boost my self-esteem as a person mm-hmm. and my worth as a person and, like, what I looked like. And it's so sad looking back because, like, 
all of those things that happened, like some of the instances I talked about, especially like the whole church camp thing, like y'all, like I was cuter than y'all from the jump, bro. Yeah. Sorry. Like not sorry, actually. Yeah, no. I look I'm back not sorry. and I'm so sad because you were such a beautiful little girl. Like mm-hmm. you were so beautiful. I'm talking to myself, previous self. Like such a pretty beautiful inside and out like such a good person and you didn't feel secure in what the fact that you had that tan that people want so bad exactly like damn girl like you were that shit damn it's sad like it's really sad and i don't want that for the future and so i am obviously there's so much progress to still make and there are things that infuriate me every day. But I'm so grateful that, like, I do not think that Emmeline will ever have to feel that. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm so grateful. And then, so, those are those are things that I dealt with and, and just kind of, like, my experiences and things that I want to discuss and how those things directly affected me. Because I think there is a misconception, one, um, of biracial people or about biracial people that, like, they don't deal with prejudice and, and things like that or haven't. Which is crazy to me because I would think that just as you explained, like, they would feel like they didn't know where they belonged. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, in actuality, it sucks that anybody has to... Feel like they belong about, in their race group. Right. Yeah, like, I'm using air quotes, guys. Right. Because um, we yeah. all belong everywhere. Right. And so, um, but I, I just feel like, one, I, I just wanted to, like, talk about it, but two, and explain, you know, talk about my experiences, because also there are people that listen to this podcast that know me, know me, know me, and y'all need to understand that the things that you say affect me, mm-hmm. and these are things that I've dealt with, even though I, I don't have to scream the loudest for things to still exist, yep. right? So, things... I mean, there are things that have happened to us all, mm-hmm. happened to us all besides race, besides all of that, just in general. So just think about that. And also for people, other biracial people, um, you know, like if these are similar things that you have experienced and like your feelings and emotions of not knowing where you quote unquote belong or, you know, not knowing how to express how you feel or feeling like you have the um right to express your your um things that have happened to you and your story like i guess this is for you too so um yes but um i do uh i think that that's why certain things over the past year have been especially uh triggering to me because I am not like a very I've never really spoken about this and so these are things that I intentionally myself like kept to myself Mm -hmm. and so certain things like seeing certain things or looking at certain things or reading certain things have really gotten to me because of how I already felt and things that have already happened that I haven't discussed and so it just bubbled over into panic attacks and, and and you know freaking out and feeling like irrational fears that like people are like coming to get me like they're out to get me mm-hmm. and it's really crazy and it's really crazy that people how were you to have known that because I didn't talk about it right but the fact that people don't even think and just do mm-hmm. and just say yep. and you don't understand and you don't think about your words your words are important your actions matter you like if you don't want to hurt someone you can't just go and live life doing whatever the fuck and saying whatever the fuck like yep. you got to do better than that it's it's important you know yeah we all have to do better and yeah I hope that this conversation was cathartic for you in some way. Mm-hmm. And I hope that whoever's listening can gain insight into this topic or has hopefully at least learned something. And my hope for all of you and for myself and for Autumn and for everyone everywhere is just for us to always be kind and consider, like you mentioned, that everybody's been through something and moving forward thinking carefully about things that you say and do and how you want people to interpret that is so important because as society until we start caring more about other people than we do ourselves nothing's going to get better Mm -hmm. 
So I hope that moving forward, we can all be better. Yes. And I would also like to give a thank you for everyone that is um, pushing so hard to make those changes internally, externally, that are pushing forward movements, trying to help people with understanding and give clarity where it's necessary, where people may not really understand why people feel the way they feel or what they're saying and and really just taking the time to break that down for people because that's something I can't do right now. I'm not in that place where mm-hmm. I can sit and I can have a conversation with you and explain to you about these movements and, and break down these different historical things that have happened. I, I'm not in that place. So well, for those you of you have to be. Yeah. But for those of you that are, I do feel very grateful for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're in a spot right now. And with the movements that are happening and the things that are happening, I am so proud to look exactly the way I look now. Good. Yeah. So what's your answer if you could pick? Um, Either or. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'd rather be just exactly who I am right now. But... Ding, ding, ding. That's the right <laughs> answer. You're the coolest girl now. I am the coolest girl, <laughs> and it just took me 26 years to realize, like, I was stunting on y'all hoes. You sure were. <laughs> just So kidding. fuck all y'all bitches. <laughs> but on that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all in the next one. Bye. <laughs>